What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Game Explains, Ash Paulson. Yay! How's it going? Thank it's great. so much for having me. Dude, I've thank you for coming. i always wanted to be on Kind of Funny. Well, that's the thing. Awesome. I was telling you in the other room, right? Like, you're on this list, I think, of people that when yeah. we run into each other at conventions, <laughs> like, oh, man, good to see you. We need to do something one day. All right, see you. And then it's right. a year later, same convention, same conversation. No, I was like, no. I, I, I made a note on my phone that night when we talked to like email Greg a couple weeks after we get back and let's do it. Time to make so, it happen. Yeah. Uh, Ash, uh, Game Explain needs no introduction, but right. if it did, what is the introduction? How do you explain Game Explain? Uh, I think that we have the YouTube market cornered on Nintendo content for sure. I, I think agree we are that. the number one go to source for Nintendo content. We have been branching out recently. We are technically platform agnostic. Yeah. So we do cover PS4, Xbox One, but obviously Nintendo is our main thing. But and you cover them the kind of way I cover PC gaming, right? Where it's like, that sucks. <laughs> <but> exactly. <yeah. laughs> exactly. I think the, the thing that helped is we uh, we really started covering Nintendo. Like, we started back when the Wii U was the thing, right? Yeah. So nobody else was covering Nintendo. Nobody wanted to. So yeah. we did, and we stuck with it, and now we're, you know, benefiting from the Switch. Yeah, so oh, yeah, totally. You great. built that audience, right? It yeah. reminds, I, it's, I've talked to Andre... Uh, I think on shows about it, but maybe just privately. But I remember when he said he when he was leaving GameSpot, when he was like leaving traditional right. games journalism stuff, and it was gonna be he was gonna start this YouTube channel. I was like, what a dumb idea! Right? I mean, <laughs> everyone told him that. He always says like, oh man, don't do this. You're gonna, you know, and and he'll tell it. I mean, he'll he'll say that he was having a hard time getting it started. And yeah. I mean, more power to him. He made something huge out yeah. of it. And uh, you know, I think he was like most of us who try to go and do an independent venture. He was scared at first. Sure. And, and it was tough, but he made it happen. And he did. Yeah, more power to him. Exactly. And yeah. now here you are. What, more than one million subs strong, right? Yeah. How did is... you do that? Barrett, take notes. <laughs> Man, I you know I uh, well I joined when we were about 400k. And, so and you're the reason obviously. we got to hire you here. We, we get this 600k bump. There you go. That's uh, instantly immediate. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know I think it's just that we uh, we have a big focus on community. Like yeah. I, like I, I like to compare us to, to Easy Allies in terms of yeah. our. Uh, our, our general tenor. You know, we really try to interact with our fans as much as possible, really have that back-and-forth dialogue, and I think that that really brings people to us. Um, and also, again, just being such a huge Nintendo presence Having on focus, YouTube yeah. really helps, you yeah. know, especially usually when, you know, like, you know, big video like our Pokemon Sword and Shield review was trending the other day. It was, like, number two or number three trending on YouTube. Nice. So I think that helps. There's just like the visibility. Uh, yeah, well, Derek reviewed it, yeah. and uh, he liked it. I, I think he thought that it uh, it starts off really strong, then kind of loses steam toward the end a little bit or halfway sure. through, but he still gave it a like. Okay. Uh, I personally have not played it other than E3 and trade shows, so... Uh, I'm still working on Dragon Quest XI S. It's got me completely within its thrall. I yeah, can't even yeah. think about Pokemon until I finish that game. I appreciate so, that. I appreciate it's that. It's really good. Here, I'm going to do one thing. Yeah. Oh, that. cool. Because we do the thing where you start here, and it's yeah. easy, and you start here, you turn it. I do of it all course. the time. Don't worry about it. Uh, the one thing before we get into the show, obviously, there's a million things. You have a very special honor, I believe. Oh. You coming on Kind of Funny, uh-huh. I believe, and Barrett, I'll need you to check the records as the official archivist of Kind of Funny, that you are now the first ever father-son duo who has been on Kind of Funny, of course. Your father, right? Rob, a yeah. friend of mine. Well, the, the first ever. Yeah, well, I don't think we've done it, right? I've had two different fathers. Have we ever had another father-son duo host <laughs> shows in between things? Right? No that's, way, yeah. Yeah, no, that's where my dad just adores you guys. Uh, we, Absolutely uh, dude, adores you. In, your dad and I fell in love with each other yeah. up at noon. When he came through to do up at noon, and mm-hmm. I'll never forget that, him walking him around, he's like, you guys are treating me like a celebrity. And me uh-huh. and Brian were like, you are. Well, he is a celebrity, yeah. <laughs> You're Rob Paulson. Yes, yeah, no, he's, that. and he's so humble. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the, one of the most, the most important thing I've learned from him is just humility, humility, humility. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. You know, we're, we all just play games. We're all just people. They're just, you know, you got to stay humble. Well, yeah, your dad was on the con- the, con- the the Game Over Greggy show, my apologies, back <laughs> February 9th, 2015, our first month wow. of being independent. He was there. So. I thought it was at least a little more recent than that. Time yeah, I think he might, have, he might have come through for something else, but that okay. was his first appearance on Kind of Funny. Time yeah, yeah. just goes... It Doesn't it? Dude, it, you're it telling is, me. It's crazy. It is. You know what else flies? The news, ladies all and right. gentlemen. Today we're talking about Stadia having even more missing features. <laughs> XO19, possible spoilers, and John Carmack stepping down at Oculus because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live on 
on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody listening later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you remember we have new kind of funny merch up that brand new crew neck sweatshirts there this brand new coffee mugs up there kind of funny.com slash store that cheetos fingers tim shirt is up too we didn't re- <laughs> i don't remember ever promoting that on the show i uh, remember it's thursday right now so if you're listening to this later and you're like hey wait i didn't see this on twitch at the normal time we're doing it early so we can then do the screencast early at 10 a.m so then at noon we can do the inside xbox watch along uh you can catch that obviously on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games watch along with us or if you want to see our reactions after the fact, youtube.com slash games. Then, if that wasn't enough content, in the afternoon we're going silent, no live broadcast of this, and recording the Kind of Funny Games cast, which is our Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order review. It's going to be another big review roundtable like Death Stranding, and like Death Stranding, it will publish alongside the embargo for Star Wars Jedi, which is Thursday, 9 p.m. Pacific time. That's right, tonight, 9 p.m. Midnight if you're one of the East Coast, West Coasts. How would I insult them? Yeah, West Coast, best coast. Yeah. They always yeah. say East Coast, beast coast. coast. Oh, I say but least coast. Least yeah. coast. God, yeah. that's yeah. why he's got a million Not, subs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Zach Parsley, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and Manscaped and Escape the Invasion, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Kept you waiting on that one, didn't I, Barry? Yeah, you huh? did. You like that? Sometimes you I, want, I want to wet the whistle. I drank too much coffee. I know how this is going to go if I go that way. Number one, here's what else Stadia won't have at launch. This is Matt Kim is, at IGN. This is crazy. It gets worse every this day. Just, Yesterday, Gary yeah. and I were talking about, like, oh, man, this is going to be a rough one because X, Y, and Z. And while we were doing that, they were doing an AMA. Google Stadia is a week away from launch, and today Google held an impromptu Reddit AMA to answer some last-minute questions. Unfortunately, Google also took this time to reveal which features won't be available on Stadia at launch. Google Stadia director of product, Audrey uh, and publisher experience lead uh, Barry Lee hosted the Reddit AMA on the official r slash Stadia subreddit where they answered questions from awaiting Stadia users. The biggest revelation is how Stadia seems to be taking a gradual approach to feature rollouts in Stadia. Uh, quote, our approach to releasing features on Stadia is similar to how we run U- Google Search, YouTube, and other Google services. Gradual rollout and continuous improvement based on your feedback. As a result, there will be some features Google advertised early on that won't be available on Stadia at launch. These features include Stream Connect. Google's version of local co-op will be available by the end of the year, uh, they say. Uh, state Share. The feature to share save... Oh, it says State Share, but then the feature to share save states won't be available until next year. Crowdplay. Same for Crowdplay, a feature that lets streamers play Stadia games with viewers. Achievements. While Google Stadia will record achievement players aren't at launch, there will not be a UI notification for achievements until, quote, shortly after launch. Buddy Pass. The Buddy Pass is a special perk for Founders Editions of Stadia, where founders can gift a three-month Stadia subscription to a friend. The Buddy Pass will ship, quote, two weeks after you receive your bundle, end quote. Chromecast Ultra support, kind of. Stadia will be able to stream to Chromecast Ultras, but at launch, only the Chromecast Ultras will, that ship with the Stadia controllers will be compatible. Quote, we will be updating the existing CC Ultras uh, over the air soon after launch, uh, they say. This is a mess. While Google never promised these features at launch, it appears that day one Stadia will be just the first step in an evolving platform. And Google would like to remind users that even if they don't get their Stadia controllers on day one, Stadia makes it so they can stream games to their Chrome browsers or Pixel phones day one with a Stadia account. Sweet fucking Christ. I mean, this is a mess. I mean... It's it's like after even talking about it yesterday. Yeah. Like the, I, what I've said for weeks now is like, why didn't they call this an early access? Uh-huh. You could have gotten away with anything. It's early access. You're still yeah. buying a founders pack. You're getting in. Yada yada yada. Not only you, you look at what they've done so far. Okay. Well, the controller's only wireless, right? With the Chromecast. Yeah. Okay. We okay. I get it. You got to work on that stuff. Uh, you know, there it's only going to be on uh, Android devices at launch. Okay, that makes sense. Whatever to these effects. The launch lineup's weak. That's why you start like, hold on a second. How, yeah. Why are you doing it like this? All these could be forgiven in a way. If it was early access, this is a beta. You're paying to get in. You're getting your totally. name and stuff. Yeah. 
IGN and GameSpot and everybody else who do does real reviews of this thing, they're gonna tear this thing fucking apart. Why and why shouldn't they? I mean, they, they should not be going straight to full release if all this stuff isn't ready. You right. Know? Wait till you know. Let it cook in the oven until it's done. Just release the finished product, or at least not this unfinished. You know, I get like as you said, I get some features yeah. not being ready at launch. You know, I mean, we've seen this with you know, other platforms like mainstream platforms like the 3DS. The eShop wasn't ready at launch, right? Yeah. So we've seen stuff like that. But this is, I, I want to say, a bit much. It's, it's a lot much. It's not, it is a lot much, <laughs> and I think the bigger problem is the fact that guess what? We're doing this to you a week before launch. Right. I, I when we when the the thing that's caught. Stadia, the thing that's caught me off guard about Stadia from the beginning is how they've been packaging it of like, no, no, we're so ahead of the game. We are putting out our platform. We are doing our thing. This is all these different things you can do. And it's like, wow, if they really can beat Microsoft to the punch with xCloud, if they can really beat whatever PlayStation is going to do with streaming, that's awesome. That's huge. But now we're here, right? And it's like, it is night and day yeah. to look at what Stadia is about to do and what xCloud is about to do. Because right. xCloud is doing it right. We're doing a small beta. This is what, uh, today, you know, recording before, obviously, XO19 happens. We know that they're going to talk about uh, xCloud there in a big way, they say. Right. I don't know what that means, if it means it's going to full release, if the beta is going to be more available to people. But they are building a service that every time something is wrong, every time I hear somebody be like, oh, well, I, was shot. I had a bad connection to this, that, the other, you're like, doesn't matter. It's a beta. That's why you do them. Right. Meanwhile, Google's taking your money and in, in, in now pulling back features and not being crystal clear on what they were doing. Right, and I mean, you know, it, it's it, the, all eyes are on them too because both PlayStation and Xbox they had you know fantastic, legendary entries into the gaming space. Yeah, this feels like Google is is wading into a territory they don't really understand, and I mean, it's certainly doable. Again, PS One legendary, the original Xbox super successful. Yeah, but this does not feel like even back when it was announced. I, I will admit I'm not the core audience for Stadia. Sure, but even when it was announced, I'm like I don't know about this because even beyond all all these issues, right? This is only really going to be appealing to people who live in good, like, people have great internet, yeah. right? Like, stream, like really good streaming. That's not a lot of, you know, most of the country doesn't necessarily have that. So not only are they, are they launching with these features that aren't ready, their potential market already is pretty small, at least in my estimation. Sure. So, Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, regardless of the charts they put up of how much megabits per second you need to get the best connection, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, like, it's all going to be about word of mouth and the word of mouth next week is clearly going to be this thing is half-baked this yeah. is not worth your money this is a problem and once that gets plastered on your product your service that's indelible that's gonna be so hard you're talking about yeah it maybe this time next year we're finally getting articles and stuff that are like, oh, google stadia is finally working or worth it or whatever it's like the, look at uh, it doesn't matter how good fallout 76 ended up being in the end no. right like, yeah, well, exactly. It, exactly. It's, I mean, that that is Fallout seventy six was a flop. Bam, done. Right. It's a huge joke. It's a punchline. I mean, we're seeing this unfold before our eyes with Pokemon Sword and Shield, with the whole Dexit thing, right. and the you know, especially in the age of social media, word of mouth is is will save you or it will ruin you. Yeah. And people are obviously furious about the whole national decks being removed. And yeah. That's you know, I, I mean, I'm sure Pokemon Sword is Pokemon. It's going to do super well anyway. Yeah. But that's you know, that there's a lot of bad juju out there sure. about this game, and yeah. and. You know, Nintendo's probably in damage control mode right now, and so it's it's so true. You know, word of mouth can either float you or sink you. And what's going to be interesting about this is, like, even though uh, you have to imagine Xbox is looking at this like, oh, man, thank God we didn't do <laughs> yeah. that. There has to be a conversation about on that side of worrying about them poisoning the well. By Google sure. getting out into video games, into something they're not used to doing in mm -hmm. terms of this way. Like, Google doesn't sell products, right, really? Like, right. that's not how it works. They're getting out there, and if they really, really, really fuck up streaming for people, it's already something that people don't believe in. They don't think it'll work for them. There's all yeah. these latency issues and yada, yada, yada. That's a good point. If they screw it all up, you have to wonder, like, oh, man, xCloud's going to have to even work harder now to prove that, no, no, this is a future, and this is a thing that can happen. Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily all in on the, you know, streaming-only future. I do think it's a huge pillar of yeah. gaming's future. But for Stadia to go all in on it, I just don't know if the market's ready for that. It's, it's like going all in on VR. It's a great pillar, but it's not ready for, to be the main focus. It of can't anything. hold up your entire business. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to see. It'll be very interesting. Uh, a couple questions about it, though. Uh, BJ Bernardo writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. This is, hi, y'all. Do you think the lack of games and lack of announced features being ready at launch caused some people to drop their pre-orders? Or are most people who pre-ordered Stadia expecting such things as being early adopters of new tech? Which missing feature are you surprised is not ready at launch? Um, 
down the list, I do think it caused people to cancel their pre-orders. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gary Widow was debating it live on the show yesterday, right? I think a lot of people, myself included, haven't canceled their pre-orders, right? Like, it's right. like, I, I, I'm excited for streaming tech I for what I do. Sure. I've said before, I don't think I'm actually going to start really using it until, like, 2020 when games are day and date with it. Or right. the games I care about, hopefully, knock on wood, are getting patches. And I'm able to do everything like I can do with Destiny and carry my characters around. Right, exactly. That's a different thing. But... I do want to support it. I do want it to get there. I do think, that, but it's to pull the rug out from underneath people this close to launch. And I guess not even that, because as Matt Kim says, right, while Google never promised these features at launch, they did tout them in all the things. And I yeah. and I was I've been saying on our shows, right, of like, you, there's a reason that when they showed the thing and they're like, oh, this is how easy it is to connect with YouTube. They haven't talked about that since, because that wasn't yeah. going to be here. I get that that's not going to be here. Yeah. But like for me, looking through this, like, what's also interesting, uh, it's not in Matt's article when I, I read on the Reddit. Uh, cross uh, cross play isn't in there, so like there is a family yeah. plan that like if I can buy it and then share it on my things, that won't be ready at launch. So at launch, it would be that I'd have to buy right. everybody the sixty dollars game or whatever I want. The thing that gets me is achievements. Like yeah. what the hell? Like yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a big achievement horg anyway. Like I don't just go after achievements necessarily. But that feels like, unless you're a Nintendo system, that feels like it's just standard these days. Like you know that PlayStation and Xbox have made that standard. I don't see how you can reasonably launch, you know, a new console without achievements and not be a little embarrassed. About yeah, it. I mean, that just seems like I know, right? <laughs> well, to be fair though, they've never tried. That's not their thing, yeah, I right? Know, I know. But they're trying to do achievements, and how is that not ready to launch? That's such a basic feature. For me, it's this, the Chromecast Ultra support, where it's right. like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, yeah if you bought is... it, and you, you if the Founders Pack comes with the Chromecast Ultra, so yeah. you can stream to TV, and that's how you play wirelessly. Great, sure. But if you already own a Chromecast Ultra. That one won't like what? That is isn't that just a push of the firmware? How is that not? Po- I don't. That, that is doesn't... just absolutely like that. That reminds me of the whole Vita PSP Vita thing where you were forced to buy Sony's proprietary super overpriced cards. Because oh yeah, the cards. The, the memory the, cards so you too. You couldn't just use existing micro SD. They wanted you to spend that money. Of course, Google wants you to buy that new Chromecast. Yeah, and that's yeah. just so gross. Yeah. It's just gross. It's being yeah, yeah, switch yeah. marketing. It's just, I don't like it. And that's it. the thing, this close to the finish line to be like, oh, here's all these yeah. little things we didn't tell you about. Well, the controller was bad enough. When yeah. it was like, it's only going to be wireless with this thing. It's that's like, just, yeah. Wait, isn't the whole point of buying this damn controller? Is it supposed to be the best experience? And it's just one thing after another. Uh, everyone in uh, your wrong is popping up, including Brian, to say, Google sells hella products, Greg, ranging from phones to speakers, etc. <laughs> just to clarify, Google does does sell devices with phones, smart home devices, and even cardboard VR headsets. Yeah, yeah, great points. I'm wrong. You're right. That's 100% correct. I'm wrong. Uh, question for, for you, Greg. If uh, Xbox comes out and they're all about their xCloud stuff today and they, they present a lot of cool things, and whenever that system launches, do you think if it is good enough, do you ever see yourself jumping ship from Stadia over to just do xCloud? I'm not. I, this is Thank you, Barrett. Lovely question. I love your work on kindofunny.com. Uh, as I've said before in passing on the millions of shows we do, I'm not pro-pro Stadia because I'm pro-pro Stadia. I'm pro-pro streaming. For me, it is an arms race. Who gets there first and who has the best ones? I've talked about it in the same breath that like if, we get, if xCloud launches and is great and does everything... That's where I'd go. It, for me, it's the same thing. People have written in about this on different shows and been like, or maybe just Twitter, and been like, but Greg, like, you always talk about jumping to Stadia. Why wouldn't you jump to xCloud? I'm like, I would totally jump to xCloud. Like, if, if xCloud is fucking working in Cyberpunk 2099, what? God damn it, Spider-Man. You ruined me. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 uh, launches on Xbox, and it's like, you can go to xCloud and everything. Fuck yeah, I'm playing it there. Fuck yeah, I'm doing that. You know what I mean? Like, that is where it's at for me. It's about being able to transfer that. If they figure it out, I mean, like, it, it's... The long short game of it, like fuck, man, it, maybe should I have played Borderlands on that? If Borderlands would then be able to be on the X Cloud and do all these different things, like I don't know. But. Yeah, I mean, you make, I mean, that's a perfect point. You go where the games go, go where the yeah. best versions of the games go, especially if you're fortunate enough to be able to do that and afford all the different platforms. And why, you know, you got to go where the quality is, right? Yep, hundred percent. Uh, one more question about all this: the nanobiologist writes in and says, "Hey, Greg and Ash." There's been so much talk about how Stadia will flop at launch with its very minimal library, lack of advertised features, needing to rebuy games, and general uncertainty if Google will keep the lights on. But how could it turn it around and succeed? Should its, should its games use... Should its games use a Games Pass service? Uh, what about it just melding libraries with cross-progression, cross-play together, and you getting a monthly fee to use it? Are there other ways you theorize Google can turn it around before they reach out and pull the plug? Do you hmm. think Stadia can recover from the bad launch it's about to have <laughs> I don't, and bounce hmm. back. I, I think because of what I said earlier about the, the potential market already being a little iffy anyway because of you know, internet access in America, uh, at least high-speed internet access mm. in America, 
Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to turn this around. I mean, yeah. we've seen it happen before, like with the PS3. Sony was able to turn sure. that disaster sure. around. But again, that, but that's a PlayStation brand. Yeah. People are already in it. So I don't know if they can turn this around. Yeah. The f- you figure, the, looking at all this now, and like oh, I can't wait to read all the Schreier articles about this from <laughs> what really happened behind the scenes when it's all said yeah. and done. Yeah. You have to imagine they're the immediacy and moving quicker than they should be and coming out earlier than they should be and messaging in a different way has to be related to xCloud, right? Because you figure, yeah. you, you talk about it, go where the games go and where you're in an ecosystem. Right. And even though I'm primarily PlayStation, I play my Xbox, I have an Xbox. Sure. So I do have an account, I do have achievements, I do, I do have all that stuff. Where, like we're talking right now, that if you know Stadia Cyberpunk can't launch day and date with the rest of them, and I, I have the chance to play it on the cloud and have it with me wherever I go in a hotel room, of course I'm going to play it over there on Xbox. Right. Because I already have a system there and I already have a life there. Like I just feel like Stadia tried to get out and look like they were the real deal before they yeah. were the real deal, and that's going to be such a killer blow to them now. But you can play Shadow the Tomb Raider on Stadia at launch, I, man. And what was like, it? Somebody's <laughs> like, there's 12 games launching, yeah. three of which are Tomb Raider. Exactly, right? So, I mean, yeah, and unless you uh, need to get caught up on the on the reboot Tomb Raider trilogy, yeah. man, that, that launch lineup's looking pretty Oof. anemic. Oof, yeah. it's bad. It's real, real yeah. bad. And that's the thing is they're trying to launch a service, so it's this weird... Yeah. And then it's like on top of it, like... Your launch lineup sucks, right? It's not, there's not that many exclusives. Why aren't there hundreds of games on it? Because it's just PC games, right? Like, right. What, what, I, I, uh, I mean, I but yeah, it's not impossible for no, them no. to turn around. It's no. not impossible. Yeah, the, the way to turn it around, right, is that in 20... Like, I would have messaged this is all different, and it's going to be really hard to get out of the hole you've dug it for is. yourself now. Yeah. But in 2020, when things do start dropping, day and date, and you can get the game anywhere, and they are, you know, the same experiences and that this, that, and the other, when you right. are playing it and they've ironed out any kinks if they do have kinks for uh, actually having the tech work because that's the weirdest thing about all this we're complaining so much about features and launch lineup and all stuff as we should right and connectivity issues does the tech work like uh, that was our big question right like i've played it at e3 when i was ethernet i I thought it played great and i was like oh this is awesome Mm -hmm. is it going to work in a hotel if i take it to london is that going to work for me is it going to how is it going to be in the studio with the good wi-fi in the front and the bad wi-fi in the back and in my house and this like in real life situations right those are the real questions and so then you get into this thing of like reviews that'll pop next week of it and people talking about it, it's gonna be like yeah sure the games that are on there run well but i don't want to play those games or right yeah they run fine but it doesn't have this ecosystem yet for me to exist in right and then leah what if you what if you do get a stadia you get home and surprise even though your numbers say you should be able to stream well you can't and you're then you're stuck with this streaming only experience is compromised because your internet's not good enough i mean that's a that's a really that's a money sink right there so We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, it. we'll see. Uh, let's move on. Number two is going to be XO19 spoilers, question mark? Uh, over uh, night, more stuff started popping, uh, teasing might, what might be happening at XO19. Of course, we're live reacting to it today. So if you're listening to this after the fact, it might be a moot point. If you're listening to it before the fact, maybe it's news to you. But we won't spend that much time on it for you. Uh, so I got a couple bullet points. They're not major, major, but if you don't want to know anything, I'm ta- I'll tap my head for you being a video listener when I'm done. Bear, remind me to tap my head. So we're starting spoilers that are possible now. Number one, uh, a Twitch ad leaked overnight that shows the Witcher 3 is coming to Game Pass. So get hype if that's your jam. And then Daniel Ahmad, of course, industry analyst on Twitter, had a series of posts that read like this. XO19 is worth watching tomorrow if you're a fan of Xbox Game Studios. The event will have solid 2020 release dates for Xbox Game Studio games like Bleeding Edge, Minecraft Dungeons, and Wasteland 3. New IP from Obsidian and Rare, a shadow drop, plus much more. Microsoft is inv- has been investi- investing heavily uh, in its studios, games, and services. Even with next-gen around the corner, Xbox Game Studios have approximately half a dozen titles scheduled to ship in 2020 prior to the Scarlet launch. Game Pass will be a big focus, as always, both for Xbox Game Studio and third-party. And then he comes back. Need to clarify one thing is I wasn't aware that the Shadow Game drop was already dated for November 14th, the game being Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. So, that's that. Do you have any thoughts on it? The Shadow Drop is not Master Chief and Smash. I'm disappointed. I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exo, the EXO conference in general is so weird. This year, weird year in general weird as well. Of like, right. What are they going to do? Is it going to be a big deal? We debated if we should live react to it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Microsoft, other than E3, Xbox isn't really known for having that live yeah. kind of presentation. Even, you know, PlayStation has kind of struggled to get it right with State of Play. Yeah. Like, they've really tried to emulate that Nintendo Direct style. Yep. And for all that Nintendo does wrong, they really nail the 
directs that that whole outreach to their audience. And I think PlayStation and Xbox are still trying to get it right. But it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this experience is like because I haven't watched in a live Xbox conference yet. Like, I'm mostly a Nintendo and PlayStation guy. Yeah. So I have an Xbox One, but I typically gravitate toward those two. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's up. And I really did enjoy Microsoft's conference at E3. Yeah. So, you know, I, I keep crossing my fingers every year that they're going to announce Banjo 3. They're never going <laughs> to. Rare, as we knew it, is gone. Yeah, they're yeah. now known as Platonic. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, th- there's certainly stuff. I mean, cyberpunk. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I hopefully we see more of that. Possibly, yeah. More Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I'm down of course. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it'll. It, it seems like it's going to be such a PSX thing of such a specific. Here's for the hardcore Xbox fan, sure. which is good. Yeah. I'm for me, it's XCloud. I want to know what they're doing. I really hope it's going to be. I mean, you know, I I want it to be. Hey, we're flipping the switch today. Right. Everybody jump on and is ready to go. I think one thing they need. I think they need if if well if they're ready for it, they need to kind of re-reveal Halo Infinite. I don't think that, that the, the E3 trailer quite took off the way they hoped it would. I mean, yeah. I know Halo's kind of been on the decline since 4 anyway, but I, I just feel like that cinematic trailer with no gameplay, after how long it's been since Halo 5, and it's just it's still so far off, I, yeah. it felt like it kind of, not flopped, of course, it's Halo, but it just felt like it landed a bit with a thud. I don't think you're going to get it, because I, I forget if they confirmed no Halo Infinite, but I know they said Did nothing they? about next or nothing right. about Scarlet. They were very clear about like, right. Xbox. Right, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and I agree with you on that front. I, I think they'll wait until they're closer to Scarlet to, to do yeah. something like that. Before I go any further, I got a you're wrong, I want to toss in. Well, I guess I shouldn't, because I'm, I'm in spoilers. Hold on, I'm coming out of spoilers. We're out of spoilers, everybody, if you're watching. Uh, Lord of Pwn corrects me on uh, the Stadia stuff. Lord of Pwn says, Stadia runs on a Linux platform instead of a Windows platform. It's not an easy thing to just change PC games to be compatible. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't we mean to make it that. sound like there's a port button. But of I course, think, never. Like, you've had enough time with older games to be like, let's do it. And you're Google. You have the money. But I digress. Good point. I was wrong. Number three on the Roper Report, John Carmack is stepping down as Oculus CTO. This is Janko Reuters at Variety. One of the driving forces behind Facebook's virtual reality efforts is leaving his post. Oculus CTO John Carmack announced Wednesday afternoon that he was transitioning to a consulting CTO role this week and devote most of his time to new challenges outside of the company. Quote, I will still have a voice in the development work, but it will only be consuming, uh, consuming a modest slice of my time, Carmack wrote in a Facebook post. I'm going to work on artificial general intelligence, he added about his future plans, while making clear that this work won't be part of Facebook. For the, for the, time, for the time being, at least, I'm going to be going about a, a Victoria Gentleman style, uh, pursuing my, my inquiries from home and drafting my son into the work, Carmack wrote. Facebook's VR unit acknowledged the move in a tweet, saying that the company was glad Carmack was still on board. A Facebook spokesperson uh, also told Variety that Carmack would remain a Facebook employee. Quote, The nature of his work at Facebook will remain the same, and he will pursue a number of projects. He will continue to advise us on strategy and technical feasibility through building proofs of concept, and, as always, advocating for our users. For example, he will continue working on projects that maximize visual quality within a limited mobile compute budget. End quote. Carmack had joined Oculus in 2013 as its CTO and stayed on after Facebook acquired the VR startup for $2 billion the following year. Uh, He's had an outsized influence uh, on the VR space, driving both practical implementations for devices like Samsung's Gear VR and the Oculus Quest, as well as next-generation advancements. His annual Oculus Connect keynote talks about advancements in VR have long been a key barometer for technical achievements and future challenges for the industry. Carmack's announcement comes three months after Oculus co-founder Nate Mitchell revealed that he was leaving Facebook, and it marks, the, ju- it marks just the latest high-profile executive change for the company's VR unit. Paul Merlucky, who developed the first Oculus Rift prototype, was forced out in early 2017 following the revelation of his financial support of a far-right group. Longtime Oculus CEO Brendan um, Iribe uh, left the company in October of 2018. Well, there, go get him, John Carmack. Well, uh, one of yeah. the other articles I saw was talking about, like, uh, he's made comments recently that were kind of like, oh, I wish this VR was more successful or it was moving faster than it was. Right. And, and I think that's a pretty common cry for that sector of VR. Right. If that makes sense. No, no, it does. Well, I mean, I think the problem is it's just it's I think VR pr- proponents have have tried to push the idea that it's completely consumer market ready before it actually is, you know, up to now and maybe maybe not even now. It's been too it's expensive to, sure. for the general consumer to get into other than PlayStation VR, 
and you know Labo VR. How much do you yeah, even want yeah, to count yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. But but even with PlayStation VR, like I wanted to get one. Like I do love VR when I play it. Yeah. And I played Res Infinite in, in VR. Oh man. Yep. So I wanted PSVR, but it has like 15 wires to yep. your setup. I live in a you know one bedroom apartment. I don't have room for all that. Yeah. So for me, it's just, and I think a lot of people, it's not quite at that level of convenience, price, and viability. Well, that's why Quest has been blowing the doors off it, right? Where right. It is like cool headset, two controllers, you're done. Right. Wireless. And I've heard that. I guess it's. I don't follow VR too closely, but I've heard that either the next Oculus or the next Vive is going to be wireless, mm-hmm. like a consumer wireless. VR headset. I mean, that's and, the future. That's, right. Because that's the biggest and, thing. And, like, if, if there's a wireless PSVR with the PS5, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Like, 100% I'm in. Like, that, that's, you don't have to convince me. Especially yeah. if they port res to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a more glacial progress. And that's why yeah. I go back all the time to the conversation at GDC we had with Lauren Lanning on one of our shows. Where when we asked him, like, oh, all these VR things are popping up. Who, and this is before anywhere on market. Who's going to win? It's right. Like PlayStation VR. And we're all like. That's like the weakest one. Exactly. It's like it's, it, people already have the system. PlayStation knows what they're doing. They're not. They're not going to run from it. And that's that thing where you know Facebook buying Oculus for two billion dollars. Yeah. I think there was that time where everybody thought this was the gold rush. It was going to be this thing. It was consumer right. ready. And and in reality, I, yeah. it was it was enthusiast ready. Right. And I think PlayStation did a good job of getting of dipping people's toes in and kind yep. of laying the groundwork for more successful PSVR iterations in the future, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's quite there yet. I mean, yeah. and, and again, if you didn't count it, Labo VR came and went like that. I yeah, mean, nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Are you doing Ring Fit Adventure? Uh, I want to be. That's I don't another s- one where I, I, I like, I'm yeah. like, that seems interesting. I'm like, I don't want the... I don't. Want, where am I going to put the ring? I don't got to. Well, I mean, it's, it's just the ring. I mean, you can di- you can disconnect it after you now. Two halves Can't of a do ring. It. I don't want to do that. All right, all right. I don't need rings around <laughs> my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Number four. Xbox Game Pass subscribers are buying more games. <laughs> this is James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. Subscribers to Xbox Game Pass are buying more titles and trying a wider variety of genres than they did before joining. That's the message from ID at Xbox lead. Uh, Augustino or oh, no, be Augustino? Uh, Semeta who shared data from the subscription service with attendees at yesterday's GamesIndustry.biz Investment Summit in London. The first learning he shared, was that subscribers are playing 40% more games, including titles outside of the Game Pass catalog. People that join the subscription are way more engaged, he said. Well, they have a lot of free games to play, but actually, they're way more engaged outside of the subscription. They go out to stores and buy more games than they did before they joined, end quote. Uh, he went on to reveal that the increase in players of games played uh, has also shown Xbox users trying a wider variety of games. An impressive 91% of subscribers say they have played a title they would not have tried without Xbox Game Pass. Huh. While Microsoft has noticed members are playing 30% more genres than they did before jo- joining. Finally, he asserted that far from cannibalizing sales, Game Pass is actually driving players to pick up more titles, even outside of the Xbox ecosystem. The usage for all the titles included in the Xbox Game Pass has increased by an average of six times. Quote, we are seeing massive, we are seeing a massive spike in certain categories, but generally, when a title goes into Game Pass, uh, we see an average of six time increase in usage for all games in the Xbox game catalog. That I am so surprised that this is driving people to go spend more money right. <clears throat> on games outside of what they're already paying for with Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. I, I mean, Xbox Game Pass, and this is coming from someone who isn't a huge Xbox gamer, is an incredible value. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, and I don't know... I mean, it's great that it's driving people to go support other games that aren't in it. I just don't know the thinking behind it. I'm not sure I quite get it. There was a, this is I this is the games industry of biz one. I think I read either IGNs or The Verge or somebody else who was talking about it, and maybe even this where I cut out a quote. But the conversation they were talking about is it's a lot like um, Netflix, not with the spending obviously, but Netflix of the big budget things bring you in, the big mm-hmm. title brings you in, right? And then you go and start watching the documentaries, you go and start doing the stuff. That makes sense. My, I think yeah. a better analogy from my own personal experience is now um, Apple Arcade. Uh-huh. bought Apple Arcade, right? right. So suddenly I'm playing games on my mobile phone, which I don't normally do, right. which meant that I'm talking about those games and people are like, no, no, well, you should try this game too. It's not an Apple Arcade, but it's three bucks. I'm like, oh, it's three bucks. Go do it. There you go. Once you're yeah. in the front door and in the ecosystem, you have a reason to turn on your Xbox every month, we'll say, for new games, but probably to play things all oh, the yeah. time. You're seeing those ads. You're seeing those announcements. You're seeing the reasons to go do it. Right. What I thought was interesting... And again, it might have been from this article, and I cut it out. But they talked about After Party, right, uh, mm-hmm. from Night School. The After Party saw that after they got announced and put into Game Pass, that sales increased on the other platforms as well. Of like, it was like right. it's one of those, or maybe I guess it was pre-orders because of when it was. But just in general, more people talking about your g- game makes people go out and buy the game. 
Yeah, no, well, well that totally makes sense. And yeah. what I, I want to know, the biggest question for me is, I want to meet all these people who have time to play all their Xbox Game Pass. Like, all these different games have yeah. time to then go out and buy more. Give me your time. Like yeah. what? Well, I, I see. I don't need I, I, the time. I don't need. I buy plenty of games. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no problem. Oh, sorry, buying the collective the games, you. I pile, say. piling the games up, playing yeah. the games. That's where the that's, that's the thing. It's, it's like where you know the time to play them. Yeah. How do you get through them anyway? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, on the Roper Report number five, uh, Gamescom opening night live is coming back. This is a Jeff Keighley tweet. The team and I had so much fun this summer in Europe at Gamescom, and today we're announcing a new multi-year partnership for opening night live. See you again in August 2020 from Cologne, Germany. So that's exciting, of course. Yeah. I always like the Jeff Keighley-produced shows out of Me those things. Yeah. Speaking of breaking news, as we went live, Jeff had another tweet. This year, the Game Awards is coming to the big screen. Watch the Game wow. Awards live on 12-12 in 53 Cinemark theaters across the U.S. <laughs> alongside the first screenings of Jumanji Movie. What Mo- in the world? More details at cinemark.com slash Game Awards, and he tags The Rock and Jack Black. That is I'm gonna be in okay. the room with The Rock, everybody. The Rock <laughs> is coming to the Game Awards. You heard it here first. I'm gonna see The Rock. I'm gonna touch The Rock. I love I'm it. I'm gonna get arrested by The Rock. Uh, man, you know, good for Jeff. I mean, Dude, it, you know, obviously awesome the Game Awards Jeff. had a rocky start. First couple of years weren't so great, sure. but that makes sense. You know, well, now, are you including the Game Awards? Or are you including Spike or the Spike TV? Video I guess game I am including both. But even the Game Awards, I feel like the sure. first two. I guess I'm actually mainly am talking about the Game Awards, okay. and it, it kind of you know it, it took a little while to find its legs, but. You know, and, and my wife and I, you know, watch it every year. The yeah. first couple of years, you're like, oh, man, you know, Jeff, this There's is a, a bit, bit cringe here and You know, there. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of cringe. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they had these bands that had nothing to do with video yep. games. It's yep, like, yep, yep. Eh. and then a few years later, we're, like, looking at each other like, hey, this is a good show. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, a lot of I fun. I thought, yeah, for sure the Spike Awards, it was always like, why are we shoving yeah. Elijah Dushku? Who seems like a nice person? Why is she out here? Does she play games? Does she, you know? And right. then when it was, yeah, I, I remember that first one in Vegas where... Imagine Dragons came out and played with the Nintendo composer. Right. Um, I forget oh, his name. Oh, is uh, Koji Kondo or was I forget. it? Uh, Barrett, do you remember? Who else would it be? It must have been him, right? It I would think it would be Koji Kondo. Nintendo composer. Because that, yeah. that was when Breath of the Wild had that big segment at the end, right? Where they just showed, like, or was that not the same year? No, that was tw- tw- I'm, is, this is 2014. This is okay. the final. Their fi- first Game Awards was the final PSX we went to as Podcast Beyond. Okay. And then 2015 was in LA, and that was the second Game Awards, I believe. I would imagine it had to be Koji Kondo. Because, yeah. I mean, there are plenty yeah, yeah, of other that, that great right. composer yeah. to Nintendo, but he's like the big name. Yeah. Yeah. But that was awesome, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, it was 2014 Nanobiologist with right. uh, Koji Kondo. We were right. I got cool. the Imagine Dragons part right in the year. So, nice. hey, two out of three ain't bad, everybody, right? Greg's memory, garbage, but getting there. Uh, no, I don't think Jeff Keighley gets enough credit for. No. He's one of the most genuine feedback people I've ever met where like oh, literally yeah. when he puts out that tweet afterwards of like game wars happened what did you think or mm-hmm. who do you want to see and all that jazz like he legitimately reads through all that and oh, his yeah. team goes through and pours through that and tries to make it better and iterate every year oh 100% and you can see how passionate he is you can yeah. see the emotion flow through when he hosts the game yeah. awards and even when you know like really crazy on the spot things happen like Kojima not being allowed yeah, to yeah. attend because of Konami, you know, he got choked up. Yeah. And, and I like to see that. Oh, you yeah, know, some people might be like, oh, that's embarrassing. No, I want to see that genuine emotion. Yeah. And I think that really comes through. You can feel his passion for games and for not just, you know, playing them, but the craft of them and, yeah. and the art of them. Yeah. And I love that about him. And I agree. He deserves way more credit than he gets. We love Jeff Keighley. That's what we're yes. saying right here. Yes, we do. Stand, you know what I mean? Uh, I can't wait to see what Jeff has up his sleeve this year, Ash. Me but too. this year is still so far away. If I yep. wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Fractured Minds, a first-person puzzle adventure game highlighting the impact of mental health issues, is out on PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. The immersive and emotionally fueled project is published by Wired Productions and available for $1.99 with 80% of the proceeds going to Miss Mitchell and Safe in Our World, a new games industry charity dedicated to raising and supporting mental health awareness. If you didn't remember this from a few weeks ago when we announced uh, the Safe in Our World thing on the Roper Report, Miss Mitchell is, I believe, this will probably get wrong, 14 She's a 14-year-old girl, maybe a 12-year-old girl, who made this trying to figure out how to 
help people understand what depression is and, and mental illness to that effect. Well, here's what's funny. is It's, it's more like Safe in Our Small World because I'm actually I – got, I got into the ground level with the patrons. So I'm actually part of the Safe in Our World team. Look at you. That, that's making stuff happen and, and uh, you know, trying to bring mental health, health outreach and awareness to so many people. And so I've talked to Emily. We're oh, actually wow. in the same Skype chat together just as we all work together as part of the Safe in Our World crew. She's the nicest person, so yeah. sweet, so genuine, and what she's doing is so important. I mean, you can see I'm wearing a Celeste shirt. Yep. Mental health is a hugely important thing to me. It's it's too silent. It's not talked about enough. And I think games are in a unique position to really tackle them and, and help people that, that uh, you know, maybe films and, and they're not quite, you know, that interactivity element, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I am so happy that Safe in Our World and Fractured Minds is getting so much mind share because this is... A, a it's a cause I'm very passionate about. It's only 199 people, and that too easy yeah. charity donation. Get out there and do it. Yeah. Does it have an easy platinum trophy? I'm not sure yet, but that's not even what it's about. <laughs> I assume it would though, right, Barry? I mean, 199, right? Come on, now. come on, give me something, Barry. Yeah, he pointed it. Nice. Ah, uh, continue on the line. It's a Thursday too, by the way. So strap in, everybody. Paranoia. Happiness is mandatory on PC. Some distant memory. Switch PC and Mac. Black sad under the skin. PC and Mac. Sparklight on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. You might remember Sparklight from one of the kind of funny game showcases. They showed the game there. It looked great. Uh, Fractured Minds, as we already said. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition on PC. Uh, Kingdom Under Fire 2 on PC. Gear.club Unlimited 2 Porsche Edition on Switch. Bee Simulator on PC. (laughs) Push the Crate on Switch. Galactic Defense Squadron on Switch. Sudoku Relax 3 Autumn Leaves on Switch. Uh, Balthazar's Dream on Switch. Labyrinth of the Witch on Switch. Scarlet Mysteries Cursed Child on Switch. The Perils of Baking on Switch. Overlanders on Switch. Rocket Wars on Switch. Uh, Squid G's Takeover on Switch. <laughs> Truck Light. No, Truck Life on PC. Uh, oh, yeah. Bee Simulator. Uh, here comes a Bee Simulator um, uh, trailer if you're watching on the videos. Barrett found it. World of miniature creatures. Become a bee. That's terrifying. A tiny oh, wow. Oh, hell right, no. Right, like, you know, I am just a bee here. I'm a worker bee going to build my business here. Oh, hell no. I'll never play See this. things from a different perspective. Whoa! First person bee. Oh, that, no, I wasn't first person. Oh, okay. Secrets to discover. Explore the world. I, I want to sting somebody. Can I sting somebody? <laughs> Become a part of you the tiny to, family. I, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big part of it, right? And enemies to Uh-oh. That's, oh, you don't want hell that. no. Yellow jackets, bad dudes. The Queen. Complete quest and help your hive. All right, well that's that's Bee Simulator, everybody. If you're, I hope it becomes like a commentary about how like bees are coming extinct, and it becomes like a really deep like conversation about bees. That'd be fun. All right, now here's the problem, everybody. It says Xbox One, Steam, and PlayStation Four, and Switch. As I read here, it is only getting announced today. For coming to PC. Well, maybe it's ah. only PC today, and then it'll come to these other things later. Did you think I, about that, Greg? No, no. This wasn't me saying, hey, something's wrong. This is me <laughs> saying I'm going to stop the entire show to find the trophy list. If I, there's a trophy list course. yet for the bee simulator. I am noping the fuck out of that. You don't like bees? I don't like insects, bees. I, I'm a huge arachnophobe. I like I can't even play games with like really realistic-looking spiders. Huh. Like the, the old Resident Evil games, uh, Bloodborne. Amazing game. Never yeah. gonna play it because Giant Spy. I can't do it. I really now if they're like cartoony looking, like you know, like Zelda like Skulltulas, I could deal, but not those giant tarantula. Mm, I can't do it. And bees, I don't need to see them up that up close. I'm noping out of that. I understand. I appreciate yeah. your candor. I'm sorry you're terrified of bees like that. You're not allergic, right? I'm not allergic. It's just it's uh, it's just I don't know. It's a thing. It's it's mainly spiders. Bees don't like freak me out as much as they used to. Yeah. But I don't need to to see one up close necessarily yeah. and play from play as one from the perspective of I can't. I don't need to. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I understand. That. <laughs> now here's what I'll tell you, Barrett. It is also launching on PlayStation Four. There's a launch trailer oh. out for PC. Maybe it came out earlier in the week. That's probably what happened, and I just missed it. I wasn't on Tuesday's show. Imran and Fran were right. Yeah. They don't like the hard-hitting journalism I do of mm-hmm. looking for the trophies, right? right? What I'll tell you right now is looking at the trophies on exophase.com, 9.09% of people have the platinum. Wow. Which is pretty good looking yeah, in terms of that. So, like, now you know what we're going to do. We're going to crack our knuckles, go to uh, PlayStation. Tro- or, hold on. Yeah, PlayStation. I tried to crack my knuckles into the mic. It didn't It didn't really do anything, though. See if there's a trophy guide up or, a, a you know, we're going to playstationtrophies.org as always now. Let's see the list here. Let me click on the forums. Because the forums will tell you, Bear. You know what I mean? They'll tell me how long it's going to take if they got anything. Here we go. All right, there's not, there isn't, 
And we got estimated time. To, there's a thread for estimated time to platinum. No one has voted in the poll yet, though. So uh, I don't know huh. how long it is. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you can tell me how long it'll take me. All right. Somewhere, what was the first platinum you ever got? Just curious. Uncharted. It was the first Uncharted? ever platinum. Nice, right. nice. Please, that's right out the gate. Mine was Rocket League. Oh, right. nice. Mine People was... tell me all the time I should do Rocket League. Like, I like Rocket League, but I just haven't sat down to do that. Right. I think mine was Final Fantasy XIII, too, which is super Oof, random. Yeah. But I really like that game, so. Okay. All right, back to it, sorry. Um, Deadliest Catch of the Game is on PC. Lootcraft, PC and Mac. Dune C on Steam. New dates for you. Corporate America. The fast-paced multiplayer FPS in which you have to shoot <laughs> emails against other office workers will be released on Steam November 22nd. And then Decay of Logos arrives November 28th on the Nintendo Switch. Now... It's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames uh, where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend a third of your life in the sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? This holiday season, maybe it's time to gift the ones you love or yourself with something a little cozier like bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. And lucky for you, Brooklinen is delivering uh, comfort all season long. These are luxury sheets, robes, loungewear, towels, and more without the luxury markups. Brooklinen was the first DTC, that's direct-to-consumer bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great service and product. Uh, They've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats, and even launched ultra-soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed. You can get 10% off and free shipping anytime you shop at brooklinen.com. Use the promo code GAMES. Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all their sheets, comforters, and towels work with a lifetime warranty. Uh, Go brooklinen.com. Use the promo code GAMES. You get 10% off and free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use the promo code GAMES. Brooklinen, everything you need for your most comfortable life. Up next, it's Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. (laughs) Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer you use on your face. That's nasty. You know, Barrett? Nasty. Uh, the Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant in your armpits. Why aren't you putting it on your balls? The smelliest part of your body. I'm not. I'm just asking. I'm doing it. I smell great right now. You could be like me. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade over those used-up pair of boxers and to get this high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the ski- season to Manscaped. To get yourself, your dad, your brother, and everybody else the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code GAMES. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. And finally, it's Escape the Invasion. Uh, You've got to check out this game called Escape the Invasion. It's all about immersive experiences, and they just announced the launch of their new post-apocalyptic-themed subscription box. Picture this scenario. You're in the middle of a post-apocalyptic world that has been ravaged by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens. Would you survive? With Escape the Invasion, you can find out. Each month, you'll receive a box of clues, physical items, and evidence that will get you closer to survival. It's up to you to piece it all together, solve the mystery, and save humanity. It's been called an escape room delivered to your door where Fallout meets Alien. It's a great way to get off your phones and start connecting with friends, or if you prefer to play solo, you can interact with their online community, swapping theories and helping each other out. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. That's escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. Escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames. See if you can survive the alien apocalypse. All right, Ash Paulson. We're going to start with Reclusive Dragon, who writes in to patreon.com slash games. <laughs> I just saw on IGN the review embargo embargo for Fallen Order is set at 9 p.m. Pacific on Thursday today, and the game launches Friday, tomorrow. For anyone in America, that's cutting it kind of close, and it starts to raise some concerns. But I live in Australia, and that's 4 p.m. Friday. I can wait till the store opens at 9 a.m., buy the game, go home, and play for seven hours before the reviews go live. 
Or, assuming it goes live at midnight here, I can jump on the digital store of my preference, buy it at midnight, and get 16 hours before ever seeing a review. What is EA doing? Is this just some bullshit trying to cover up a bad game, or are they just idiots? P.S. Obviously, you can't say if you think it's a bad game till later today. And regardless of the game's quality, this seems like a dumb move. Keep being awesome. I love this show. You're right. We can't say anything about yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Gamescast, this time. You don't have to worry about IGN. I've told you before. Stop going there. Delete them from your Twitter. I'll tweet, <laughs> when the, I'll tweet you when the embargoes are. I did it. I'll say it on these shows. You don't need to go to IGN anymore, all right? They're done. It's over. Brutal. They had their time. You know what I mean? Anyway, I like it. I <laughs> you got yeah. yeah, no, no holds barred, man. Kind of funny. He doesn't no, screw around. I like it. know that very much. Um, this is nothing new. And it's no. also the day and age of the struggle between publishers and outlets of what what are reviews? How much do reviews matter? You right. know, Bethesda, we saw infamously go recently to the whole, we're not going to give it to you ahead of time. You're going to get it the day of reviewers. Yeah. Because for the games they're talking about, Wolf and Center or Fallout, and that, that one its own way. Yeah. For the, and especially for Star Wars, do you need to worry about reviews for that? Star Wars is a, is a mass populous game. Right. That's going to sell. It doesn't matter if there's not a review on IGN yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, we've seen this happen more and more often than it used to with, you know, embargoes lifting right before a game comes out. And I think that can, that can be problematic when it's a lesser-known IP or something that doesn't maybe have the name like Star Wars. Yeah. Because, you know, that's indicative of, oh, man, why doesn't the publisher want you to know, you know, how people feel about it until right when it comes out? Yeah. And it used to be like that a lot more years ago. But as I said, these days, it's more, you know, everyone does that. Really. The industry's changed and, so drastically. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, another example again, Pokemon. No matter what, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People are going to buy it no matter what. So, you know, I do think it, it depends on the game for sure. But generally with a game like Star Wars, I mean, the Star Wars fans, whether it's good or bad, they're going to eat it up. You have to imagine, yeah. too, if you're EA and you're looking at this, you have to say to yourself, in reality, the reviews can only impact us negatively. Yeah. Because if we did put out an embargo of Tuesday yeah. and the game comes out Friday, number one, you have to worry more and more about spoilers. Number two, if people don't like the game, then they're going to cancel their pre-order. If the reviewers right. doesn't like it, there's a chance people will cancel their pre-orders. I don't. This doesn't fall into the uh, twirling your mustache as much. In the old days, remember when yeah. I was working at IGN, I do remember of like, mm -hmm. if the review embargo was the day of, everybody's like, okay, we can't. Yeah. The yeah. virus coming. No, yeah, the big one I remember is uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, right? Yeah. Like that, like embargo was right when the game came out and it was like oh right yeah and so that's the thing of like those days are kind of gone now yeah, it is a right. marketing thing and especially because buying games has changed because in the old days it was like get a preview out or a review out so people can go pre-order it so they actually get the copy so that the you know your GameStop or eb or whoever gets enough physical copies of it now it is even if you're like one of the people are like dude ea's fucked up star wars a bunch yeah i'm gonna wait and look if you can't get it at the store, you can buy it digitally. You can have that game instantaneously. You can purchase whenever you need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really isn't the same context as it used to yeah. be. I mean, we just saw it happen with Death Stranding too. This is just a a normal thing now. And well, Death Stranding yeah. went the opposite way of right, where they gave you they gave us a week of it, where it was like the reviews right. popped and a week later it came out. Oh, yeah. I thought it was uh, like it took a couple days. Okay, my bad. No, no, I was no. thinking of a different. Game. And that yeah. one that was the different ball of wax because I do think right. for that one it was. All right, cool. This is a game no you don't know about. Nobody right. knows what this is. So, and that's why their embargo was so. Here's what you can talk about. Here's what you can't talk about. Here's where we're going. Here's what we're not going to say. I right. think with Star Wars, especially this being so narrative focused of a game, you worry about spoilers. You worry about burning people out. Like starting. I mean, it's already started, but you know, tonight at twelve o'clock or nine nine p.m. Right? YouTube.com slash kind of funny game. <laughs> it like is this like shot in the air of like it's now Star Wars Day. Right. It's they're going to own one day, which yeah. I think goes far. Yeah. Especially no. in how crowded our world is of games right now. I don't think there's anything sinister about this. No. It's 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 uh, it's all part of a massive marketing plan that <clears throat> people like us we're not privy to so it's easy for us to be like oh they should have done this but we're not in the internal workings of ea they have this all these metrics to, yeah you know so yeah bj bernardo writes in patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says is it harder to keep quiet about an embargoed game you love that you can't wait to tell the world about or is it harder for a game you don't love or like definitely i mean it's not hard anyway in my opinion because I, I will never ever sacrifice someone's job just to have my 15 minutes totally. of fame period but it's definitely hard to keep, to keep quiet about a game I love yeah especially if it's one I've just you know like a lot of people are excited about you know I I hell I found out about uh, Mega Man 9 way back in the day I yeah, found yeah. out about that like two years before it was actually released I was like one of the few people but I couldn't say anything of course but of course you know, you know I'm a huge Mega Man fan yeah. I wanted to tell the world but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you just when you're in this business you just you, you don't 
and and you just have to be okay keeping things to yourself. That's just part of it. Yeah. And uh, so personally, I don't find it hard in general. Yeah, I think in, in general, embargo is the embargo, and that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, I think you a game you love, you want to talk about. Like sure. When I don't like a game, right? Like it's always that thing. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's not that. Oh fuck! I didn't like it. It's like I just don't like this game, which sucks. Like yeah. I, I, any game I sit down to play, I want to be awesome. I right. want to the years of work that person, the oh, developers sure. put into it. I want it to pay off. So it's more of like I'll move on to it. But if it's something I can't stop playing, if it's something that I'm like obsessed with, I'm trying to platinum or whatever, then right. that's a different thing. Of yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to, yeah. yeah, especially for what we do of coming in and talking about our lives every day. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and also you know when you're in the in the business in the industry, you are very quickly exposed to the human side of gaming the people behind the games who make them and and who work so hard so tirelessly you know game dev is hard it's such a hard job and a lot of people don't realize that and when you get into this business you see it firsthand so it just makes it easy you know as much as we want to talk about it we're not going to do that to people yeah never you know we're not gonna we're not gonna take away their their big day you know and 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 plus like i said i'm never going to sacrifice someone's job or my own job to break you know get my 15 minutes of internet fame right it's just never worth it 100%. 100%. And then final question comes from Son of Thompson, who writes in and says, My question is for Ash specifically. Today is currently my last day working for NRM Streamcast in Michigan. While I only managed to talk to you briefly at Motor City Comic Con earlier this year, I've never been able to ask this. How did you find out about N- NRM Streamcast all the way from California, and how did you end up working for them? Uh, did things kick off at Motor City Comic Con, or were things brewing in the background before then? Also, what do you do there that's gaming-related? Thank you for humoring me, Hart. What is he talking about? Wow, so this is small world. So uh, the company I work for, you know, I'd like Game Explains like my side gig. It doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, I'm, I'm a producer outside of that, uh, content creator. And so NRM Streamcast is this Michigan-based production company uh, that I joined uh, before uh, I, I met uh, Son of Thompson at uh, Mich- uh, Motor City Comic Con. And... Um, I now work less for the NRM Streamcast name and more for the Geektainment brand, okay. the arm of it. And that's kind of like, it's it's a, exactly what it sounds like, Geektainment. So it's source for movies, games, comics, anime, superheroes. And, of course, it's a platform we're trying to get off the ground. And so they brought me on to produce some, you know, create some gaming-related content for them. And so uh, the, the reason I found out about it, really, is because just know a lot of people my dad uh my dad hooked me up with uh one of the bosses of the company and and like a bunch of the high brass in the company they all really wanted to have me along and uh i so i work from home i've been working from home for like a decade so that for me this is just like sliding right into a new gig yeah, yeah. so that's I, I still can't believe that this is about nrm streamcast because it's such a <laughs> you know it's not i mean again we geek tainment's new it's not like we've gotten the platform up and running and it's not hugely known yet yeah, yeah. so Thank you. I mean, thank you for even caring about NRM Streamcast, and I'm I'm glad I met you. Thank you for asking, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. That's awesome. Yeah. Small world. Look at that. So small. Ash, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you when everybody plays games together. Today, Frankfurter. A name you all know well. Needs help on PC, but it's crossplay. On Activision, you can hit him up at Frankfurter, F R A N K F U R T T E R. That's that Activision account thing. What's up, KFBFs? Looking for a few people to play some Modern Warfare with tonight and Friday. I've been playing on and off with a few co- other kind of funny best friends when I can. My girlfriend is out of town until Saturday afternoon, so now I can go home from work without needing to ask or feel guilty about playing games all night. If you'd like to play, I'll be on tonight around 6.30 Central Time until probably 11-ish. Can't wait to see you there, Frank Furter. If you want to do it, hit up Frank Furter on Activision. Like I said, two, R's bar- or two T's buried in there. It's also in the YouTube description, as always. Uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Nanobiologist chimes in and says Emily Mitchell is 19. She was 17 when she started game development. Uh, really That's quick. Um, is this a you're wrong, Bear? No, but I'm warning people. I'm protecting the people. People are streaming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order early. Be wary. Just saying. Yeah, you shouldn't watch that game. You should play that game. Yeah. Uh, Kebab says, Miss date from yesterday. Shovel Knight, King of Cards, uh, and the local Battle Showdown DLCs will come out December 10th. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nanobiologist says, Beast Simulator released on Tuesday for Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. And there's breaking news, but I'll probably put that in the story tomorrow. Ash, 
Yes. That's kind of funny games daily. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you. Happy to come back anytime. This is a blast. Love your show. Love all the content you guys do. We love you, man. Always a huge fan. Uh, so you're sticking around. You're going to do uh, Xbox stuff with us, some yeah. live reactions there. You'll chime in, I think, on Gamescast a little bit. Yeah. Um, outside of that, where can people keep up with you? So you can find me, of course, on GameXplain, which mm -hmm. is YouTube.com slash GameXplain. And uh, we are, as, as I said, the de facto source for Nintendo content on YouTube. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ash Paulson, A-S-H-P-A-U-L-S-E-N. That, it's just my name, not creative in that sense. <laughs> uh, so hey man, that's great brand. On Twitter, and as we said, uh, you can also follow me on, uh, you know, check out Interim Stream Pass Geektainment. And if you're a fan of video game art books, uh, you will find my name in various Udon, uh, you know, Udon published art books, Mega Man, Dark Souls, I think that was Persona. the first time I ever met you. I think Megan Sullivan yeah. was bringing you around the IGN office. That you must be. Mega, you oh, yeah, and book. I brought, yeah, I brought that to Colin. I yeah. brought the giant yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega Man book to Colin. And uh, yeah, no, it's it. I don't work there anymore, but uh, I got my name in so many other books. So if you pick one up, I think they're even re-releasing some of the Mega Man books right that's now. Awesome. So you'll find me in there too. Awesome. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of funny games daily. Remember, like I said, still a big day of kind of funny content. You can check out the screencast all about Disney Plus. You can check out us uh, reacting to the Inside Xbox Watch Along, and then the big one tonight, 9 p.m. Pacific time. YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and the podcast services around the globe. You can get the Kind of Funny Games cast review of Star Wars Jedi Fall in order tomorrow tim and i will be here doing games daily probably answering your fallen order questions if you want to write into them uh but until then it's been our pleasure to serve you